it's Christmas. <laughs> kind of. We're almost there. Before we get into our sermon, would you pray with me and ask God to bless us as we hear his word? Heavenly Father, help us to have this sense that there's no other place you'd rather be than here listening to your voice. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. You are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So I'm just curious how many are in the Christmas spirit maybe have a Christmas tree up. Whose Christmas tree is up? Uh, Who has decorated their uh, house with lights outside, lights outside? And then finally, who has a preset on 93.9 to listen to Christmas music on the way back home? Yeah. Gotta love Christmas, right? In fact, at the Bloomer household, we were getting into the spirit and we saw this uh, celebration of the lighting of the tree in Rockefeller Center. Anyone else see this one this past week? Um, There is the tree, and they had all sorts of people uh, doing things. The Rockettes were there. uh, There were musicians. um, And I was listening to Brad Paisley. And some of you might know him, some country fans. And he was singing this old country classic, um, Santa Looks a Lot Like Dad. Um, Have you heard this one? Yeah, yeah. Classic, right, right. And, And while I heard him sing that refrain for like the 700th time, Um, I I had this thought, what if Christmas was only about Santa Claus? What if it was only about lights, and what if it was only about gifts? If Christmas was all those things without Jesus Christ, what would it be? Now, as I was listening to Brad Paisley sing about Santa over and over, I thought that Christmas would be kind of (laughs) corny. If all it is is Santa looking like Dad, uh, that's not much there. Or if it's just about lights... Or those Hallmark movies where they fall in love. It's like melodramatic, but it's not really that weighty. What is Christmas without a celebration of Christ? And to me, I thought it was very trite. And then my mind did another thing. Then I thought, well, what if as a Christian, I would strip it all down? I wouldn't be concerned about the lights, the presents, wouldn't be concerned about Santa. What if this Christmas, all I did was get geeked out about Jesus the Savior. And to me, that was kind of a refreshing thought. I don't know about you. You can take it all away. The the gifts, the trees, the lights. If I only have Jesus, I felt, man, that'd be a refreshingly beautiful celebration. I don't know about you. The reason I bring this up and the reason we're doing this series is because I have this this premise. You may or may not agree with me, and that's okay, but it's our first fill-in. I believe that the way our world celebrates Christmas misses peace. In fact, it's not new news, but do you know that for many people, this is the hardest time of the year. Many people are living out Elvis Presley's It's a Blue Christmas. And there's a lot of reasons for it. Like that song, sometimes we're just missing the people who are no longer here. And so at Christmas, we're realizing how things have changed. A spouse can't be with us. A mom or dad, a child, things change. And so those people weigh heavy on our hearts, especially at Christmas. Another reason I think we miss peace is because it's so stressful. I don't know what your schedule looks like, but from Thanksgiving to Christmas Eve, for us, it's a whirlwind. That already busy lives are made busier, if that were possible, through holiday gift-giving and holiday productions and holiday parties. It's just a lot. 
Or what about this one? Does anyone else ever want just like this perfect Christmas? And you can envision what it would be like when they open the gift and how they would react. Or you can envision opening that gift and how you would react. Or you can envision how the family should be getting along. And then it doesn't happen. (laughs) They don't react that way. The gift doesn't come. They're not getting along. And as I've learned from Pastor Jeff, the difference between expectation and reality, that gap is pain. Yeah, Christmas is a time where we're missing peace. And so to to get your mind on that, I I wonder, what has the potential to steal your peace this Christmas? What is it? As you think on that, um, I think it isn't just Christmas that is without peace, without God, but but really a, a life without God. And I know I'm biased, I know I'm a pastor, and I know I'm a Christian, but I have a singular premise that I believe a life without God or the knowledge of a Savior is also a whole life without peace. I consider the story of one author, her name is Anne Rice. Um, she has done a lot of the vampire books. In fact, one of her books became a movie. It was called Interview with the Vampire. And um, a little bit of her story, Anne Rice used to be a Catholic. Uh, maybe you can relate to this. And her understanding of Catholicism was that it was too restrictive. And so because of that, she turned from it and, and experienced freedom. But she says that while she did that, she was a Christ-haunted atheist. That even though she left God, it's like God would not let her go. In fact, the reason she used vampires is that was a metaphor of how she felt spiritually. A metaphor of someone who was cut off from God and could not be brought back in. But she didn't stay that way. In fact, she had a spiritual revival and now she's written some books about Christ um, along with vampires. And, And this was what she had to say about her life without God. She said, as long as you're denying God, you will not know any rest. You will not know any peace. Because you cannot save yourself through art. You can't save yourself through music. All your attempts at saving and transcending through other means, even Christmas, they'll ultimately fail. You save yourself or God saves you. You know, those words, they kind of remind me of the words of our first lesson, of what it looked like when we were without God. Consider the words of Ephesians from Paul. He said, All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh. That reminds me of a vampire. Following its desires and thoughts. And like the rest, we are by nature deserving wrath. These pictures without God, whether it be vampire or deserving wrath, there's no peace there. Reminds me of One of the most memorable bumper stickers. I know we don't live in an age of bumper stickers anymore. Um, But the most memorable for me as a Christian is this one. Have you seen it? If you have no peace, you have no Jesus. But if you know Jesus, then you know peace. Clever. And because all this is going on, that's why I love that we're in these moments. Because I have a feeling we all need to be renewed in the sense of peace. You know, I don't know if you're just joining us online or in these moments, um, but we're on a mission to reach the lost with the love of Christ because we want to help people. And maybe you go to a job and your goal is to help people. And the greatest way that we believe we can help people is by sharing a Savior 
who then shares the peace that only he brings. And so I just wanted to know, I'm so geeked out that you're here, every one of you. And we're going to invite you to stay with us all Christmas so that you can know peace like never before. But I'm hoping in these moments he restores it once again because there is a message. There is a God who came for you, who speaks love into all the dark places. You don't have to be a vampire. You don't have to be an object of wrath. You can be known, loved, and redeemed by him. So I'm excited to get into the word. So we turn there now. It's recorded for you in your handouts. It's going to be online. And, and man, if anyone needed peace, it was Joseph the first Christmas. We're going to hear from his story what was stealing his peace and then what God did to restore it. So feel free to follow online, um, you know, on the screen here or in the worship folder. Here it says, So this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. These are the powerful words we need to consider in our time together. Could you turn to the person next to you? Whoop, there it goes. Um, could you turn to the person next to you and tell them, no Jesus and no peace? No Jesus and no peace? While I pick up my papers. Awesome, awesome. And that's with the K, by the way. We're, we're going to focus on the K-N, no. I don't know, how many of you know what your name means? Do you know it? I had some fun doing some research on names, and I thought in celebration of McKenna, I'd look up McKenna. And McKenna's actually a pretty cool name. I thought and I found that it was a reference to love. So that's what I found online with almighty Google. I don't know what you guys found. I thought that was pretty good. Um, I was searching other people that I'm pretty fond of. There's this guy named Jeff. I really like this guy named Jeff. And so I thought I'd do some research on what the name Jeff means. And um, do you know it means God's peace? That's, that's pretty cool. Um, I did research on other people that I really am fond of. Catherine, which means uh, pure, and, and Nadia, which means hope. And then I did research on my own name, uh, Dustin, which means Harry, and that's fitting. Um, <laughs> that's a joke, by the way. I actually mean brave warrior. But anyway, I, I totally got you. Um, uh, with that said, um, I, I also did uh, research uh, based on our lesson for today. And, and what's so great about God is his brilliance in how he can teach us. And in his brilliance, do you know, you can share the gospel in one verse, John 3.16, right? God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's the brilliance of God. Do you know that God can give all of his laws in a single word? And that word is love, if you love others and love God. But today, God's brilliance is on display because he shares the Christmas message in two names. In the name Jesus, which means he saves, and the name Emmanuel, 
which means God with us. And if I just combine those names, you have a beautiful Christian message. The, the message is Emmanuel, God came to be with us, Jesus to save us. It's amazing. And that's what I want to share with you as we try to search for Christmas peace. I wanted to share with you that God with us brings peace. The knowledge that he's here, the knowledge that he arrived, that the creator became creation in order to help us. And if anyone needed peace, I think it was Joseph. In fact, I, I tried to get in the mind frame of Joseph and, and what it was like to, to be excited to get married. Do you remember being excited to get married or maybe you're there? Or what it was like, all those hopes and dreams. We had a wedding yesterday at Amazing Love and, you know, you see the groom and the bride and talk about where they're going to live and what they're going to do together, you know, and, and how many kids they might have. And I mean, hopes are high at that time. Well, Joseph is there. And what's interesting about that day, do you know in that day, engagement was synonymous with marriage. In fact, we even find that in the verses. When it refers to Joseph, he's called a husband because actually, technically, they were already married even though they didn't have the ceremony. But now, imagine this word that Mary's pregnant. Put yourself in Joseph's feet for just a second. Now, he has to do things quietly, but do you know he actually has to file paperwork because what he's getting is actually a divorce? Think of the thoughts he might have. Who's this other guy that I haven't met? I thought I knew Mary. Where was she? What's she doing? And then think about all those hopes and dreams that culminated at that time. But I, I thought we were going to live here and have this many kids and do that together. And it's all done. Until, until God shows up. Until Emmanuel, God with us, and he intervenes because he does not forsake those who rely on him. He shows up again and again and again. And one of the things Emmanuel means, what it means that God is with us is, is this next takeaway, that, that God is with us and gives us peace because he knows how we feel According to his humanity, he knows all the feels. In fact, he knows exactly what Joseph is feeling in this moment of betrayal. Because think of Jesus' life. He would feed into these 12 for years. He would teach them, break bread with them. He would show miracles. He would spend time. They would do life together and he had hopes for them. That they would carry on his mission. But one of them turned. One of them sold him out. And you can almost feel the emotion. And when Jesus says to Judas, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? Yes, the God who sent an angel to Joseph knew exactly how Joseph felt in that moment. And so with you. So I don't know what's potentially stealing your peace this Christmas. But God does. And even if you would spend two hours explaining what's on your heart to a friend, your God would understand it better without one word. 
Even if no one else can empathize because they haven't experienced it, I'm here to tell you God can empathize because he has. And when no one else is there and no one else can know he is there, whether it be in the middle of the night, whether it be in the hospital, whether it be in a tough situation, because Emmanuel, God with us. In fact, one of the most beautiful passages about the incarnation is Hebrews, where it says, we do not have a high priest unable to empathize with our weakness. We have one who's been tempted in every way, just as we are, but did not sin. Yes, you have a God who knows how you feel, even right now. You know, last week, uh, Jeff referred to a little bit of German, and uh, this concept reminded me of a German song. I'm going to try to pronounce the name correctly. It is, um, Es ist ein Rose entsprungen. You have to say it kind of, you know, violently, I think. Um, but, but that means, lo, how a rose is blooming. And I wanted to share with you some of the verses from this old song. It says, O Savior, child of Mary, who felt our human woe. O Savior, King of glory, who does our weakness know. And that's the God who came at Christmas. Who knows how you feel. But he does more. He does more. Emmanuel does more. And to talk about this, I want to talk a little bit about having expert advice. When's the last time you needed an expert? I know for me, whenever a check engine light goes on, I need an expert, and you go to a mechanic. Or maybe for you, it's technology. Maybe you've ruled out, I'm not the tech person, but you have that person in the family, right? And you know who to go to when the tech goes wrong. Well, some of you might know I had COVID recently. Um, and by the way, I'm so thankful for our church family. Uh, people were reaching out so much, praying for me, giving me meals. It was amazing. I just want to say thank you. You guys are evidence of grace. It's awesome. But also what I learned having COVID is there is so much expert information out there. Right? In fact, I, I learned this one website called Frontline Doctors, and I had a ball just reading about all the things you could do. I, I learned about ivermectin. And, and I learned that's a dewormer. Um, I tried on Amazon to see if I could get it. They only had horse dewormer. I didn't order that, but anyway. I learned about quercetin. I learned about uh, these antibodies. I mean, learned about all the different vitamins I could take. I mean, there's just a ton of information out there. And when you're sick, you want an expert. So thank you again very much. I learned a lot. I bring this up because Joseph's in need of an expert. He needs a guide right now. Joseph is about to be at an inflection point where his life turns out drastically different. He's about to send Mary away until God shows up. And what does God do? He gives direction. So look at this verse. He says, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. What's conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Oh, thank you, God. Now I know. And think of how it would have turned out differently. Joseph wouldn't have had the honor of raising the Son of God if Emmanuel didn't show up. Think of how our lives might turn out differently if Emmanuel, God with us, doesn't show up again and again and again to guide us. But he does, doesn't he? Christians, have you ever had this experience where you prayed hard about something and then God gave you peace about your direction? 
Christians, have you ever had this experience where you sought the Lord and then in a conversation with another Christian friend, you got added perspective? Or maybe you're really confused and you searched the word and it's like this Bible passage popped out and it guided you like never before. God with us means peace because he's able to give us direction. Maybe right now, There are people seeking direction. I'm confused. I don't know what to do. And I tell you, as you seek the Lord, he can guide you and work it out. I love the passage that refers to the Bible as a lamp. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. And one of the reasons God is so good at direction is because Jesus came to live on earth. He was an expert on how to live because he actually lived here. In fact, when you consider his ten major directives, the ten commandments, consider the wisdom found there. The wisdom of not murdering someone. Sounds like a good approach. Of not gossiping. Yeah, because when I do that, it's not good. Of not coveting. Of not stealing. Of not committing adultery. Of honoring authority and loving God above all things. There's wisdom there, isn't there? As I was considering God directing, I was brought back to history. (laughs) Not much of a historian, but certain things pop out. And one of the stories that popped out was the story of Constantine. He was a Roman emperor. And he had this incredible moment with God. As he was fighting in a civil war, he saw a sign, the sign of the cross in the sky. And then he, he saw the Greek words, in this sign you will conquer. And so Constantine, after seeing this sign, he put crosses on his helmet along with the troops. They won the war. And then in 313 AD, he made an edict that said all people could worship Christ without fear of threat or death. All because God knows how to show up when necessary and give direction. As you seek him, as you're confused on where to live and what to do and where to go, Glad to tell you, he provides direction. He's happy to. But there's a hard thing about direction. Because sometimes it's not knowing what to do as much as actually doing it. You know what I'm talking about? To talk a little bit about that, I have a love-hate relationship with a certain app. I don't know how many of you have this app, MyFitnessPal. Have you heard of it? Yeah. I have a love-hate relationship because it's very powerful. Uh, You can use it to document all that you've eaten. It it has a diary of it. And it'll show you the macronutrients, which, by the way, if you don't know macronutrients, like the proteins and the carbs and the fats. It'll give you, like, percentages that you should shoot for. And I've had fun, like, trying to create, like, my perfect diet. Like, if I ate that, that would be really good for me. The problem is doing it. Yeah? Amen? (laughs) Like, I know exactly what I should be eating. It's just a problem trying to do that. How much of the Christian life is that way? We actually know what would please God and be helpful to our neighbor and be good to do. It's just really stinking hard. Like, you get together with family, and and Lord, I know I should forgive my family. I know I should be patient with them. We know how we should work and how we should interact with our coworkers and what would be helpful for them, but doing it is another thing. In fact, as we come together, 
something we can admit before God together collectively is that we've gotten it wrong a bunch. We've known exactly what to do and have sometimes done the opposite. But I have good news. And it's in the name, Emmanuel. God with us. And what God with us means is that we have help and strength through him. God with us means peace because he is that help and strength. This was beautifully pictured at the Art Institute. Uh, We took the guns there recently, and there was this beautiful stained glass that said, you know what, my help comes from the Lord who is the maker of heaven and earth. It's really small in there, but it's beautiful. And the story of Christmas is this. Jesus comes to save us by doing what we couldn't do. By doing what we haven't done, even though we know what we should have done. And the gospel comes through in that verse about Jesus. He will save his people from their sins, and you need to know he has. God with us came to earth, born under the law, and he fulfilled the law for your sake. So as you go home today, he doesn't see a lawbreaker. He sees someone who's righteous. Jesus came on earth basically to take our punishment. Like getting a detention and and Jesus says, no, I'll take it for you. But it was much worse. Jesus came to die the death we deserved. So that in his place, we might receive peace. And you are at peace with God. I don't care what you've done this past week, this past year, the past 10 years. You have peace with God because of Emmanuel, God with us. A heavenly father looks down at you with love and sees purity and spotlessness simply through faith in him. This is why we celebrate Christmas. Because peace is won not based on what we do, but through the one who came to help and be our strength for us. It's so beautifully pictured in baptism, isn't it? We're going to have McKenna up here, and what can McKenna do but coo and caw? Maybe wake up. We'll see what she, ha- what she does. But it doesn't matter what she does because it's all about what God is going to do. Through the washing of rebirth and renewal, give her faith, give her righteousness as a gift. How amazing. This is how he does his work for all of us. We heard in Ephesians, we are saved as a gift of grace, not by works, so that no one can boast. Yes, we have peace with God through Jesus. But before we go, how could this peace change us? In fact, I I love considering some cause and effect relationships. Uh, Maybe you've heard the phrase, hurt people hurt people, right? Um, I was recently reading about uh, margin. Like, what, what could margin in your schedule lead to when you have time for things? And there's this pastor named Kerry Newhoff that says, if you have margin, you could be more merciful. If you had time, uh, you wouldn't have to rush on the roads. You could be merciful on the roads. If you had time, you wouldn't have to rush in the grocery store and play the fastest line game. You could say, go ahead, here, I got margin, right? So I was thinking, if this message of peace with God really hit home in our hearts, how would it transform us? Do you know my theory? I think that it would make us peacemakers. 
if you went out today and you knew everything was covered through the blood of Jesus and, and a holy God loved you, I think you'd have power to be a peacemaker. And I know this because I see it in Joseph's life. What's so phenomenal in this lesson is, is Joseph was declared as a righteous man. And to be righteous in the Bible is not about being perfect. It's simply having faith in the perfect one. Having faith in God. And because he had faith in God, what it led him to be was a peacemaker. Can you imagine being in Joseph's shoes in that moment? Thinking about what Mary had done and not knowing the full story? He could have definitely been about revenge. He could have definitely been about getting a pound of flesh and letting everyone know how wrong it was, what she did. But no. He was at peace with God. So he extended that peace with others, including Mary, even before he knew. Here's your take-home church family. We want to extend peace to others at Christmas. And maybe it's in the small ways that in the frenzy of activity, we're not going to add to it by being stressed out and bent out. We're going to try to create peace in just the simple ways as we go uh, from place to place. Maybe you can extend peace to your household and the kids are all worried about what they're going to get and is it going to be perfect? And you can say, no, it's going to be great. You know why? We got Jesus. Maybe in bigger ways. If you have more time with the family as, as tensions rise because people are stressed and there's friction, maybe God is calling you to extend that peace to others and smooth things out relationally. Yes, the peace of God can make us peacemakers. You know, I'm so excited for this month. <laughs> it's going to culminate on a beautiful Christmas Eve, candlelight, hear of the Savior's birth. But I'm not excited about this month because of the Christmas trees and the lights. I'm not excited about Santa Claus or any songs about him. I'm not excited for what's under the tree. I'm excited because we have Jesus, God, with us. And may the knowledge of that give you peace. Let me pray for you. So we pray, gracious God, thank you that you came to be with us. We marvel at a love that went as far as you did. Jesus was made just like us to feel what we feel, to direct and to save us. I pray that each person here and online would know the peace of your presence, that you're with them this Christmas, and you will help and strengthen them. Bring many others to the knowledge of your peace. We pray this in Jesus, our Savior's name. Amen.